7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. First day of the NCAA tournament, it's it's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you should, Paul, you should have a green tie on. So you're you're running for judge. You already messed up, man, because you you should have the green tie on. Well, and uh, well, representing St. Patrick's Day. Well, well, James, they they say that actually, if you're Black Irish, you don't actually have to wear any All green because right. people right. can't pinch me. No one's pinched me yet today, and I don't. Okay, think well, I, I definitely don't want to get and, get and pinched I'm a, today. I'm a, I'm a ball fan. I went to UT law school and UT Knoxville law school and so my blood re- leads orange every time well you can never you can never go wrong in in Tennessee with the with the falls with the checkerboard orange that that always is is a winner so we have a we have a special guest today we have Paul Walwin who is running for judge in in Davidson County now we're out here in Hendersonville so this isn't Davidson County but Paul Walwin is is running for judge he's going to join us for a few segments this afternoon I, I really appreciate you graciously coming to spend some time with us. I know that that you are a very uh, high demand trial lawyer. So I think you just were coming out of a deposition this morning, and, and you're all dressed up. Uh, you're not dressed like someone that's at BW3 to to throw back a couple of beers and and watch the first round of the NCAA tournament. But but I'm I'm really excited. Been been kind of chatting with Paul on um, on the DMs, on the 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 cell phone and, and the text messages. Been wanting to get him in. Especially for those that are listening on WVOL here in Nashville, this is someone that is in your district that that you have an opportunity to vote for. I want to give him a chance to showcase himself and talk about his background, talk about his skills, talk about being a man of the people and some of the things that he can bring to the culture, some of the things that he can bring to the bench and and what type of record he will have and and, and his judgeship, what that will look like. So it's very exciting to have you on the show, Paul. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, James, for having me out, first of all, and thanks for your invitation. Uh, I I run a pretty busy practice here in Nashville yeah. and the surrounding areas, and I, I travel to almost all the counties, and sometimes I go out of state if it's a federal case okay. or a bigger case, and I work with another attorney. Okay. But I'll tell you, what's going on here in Nashville right now with these judicial elections, super important, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. And so now I hate to interrupt you. Can you get us if you get judged? Can you get us a new stadium? <laughs> that's a big. That's a big topic in my world and in the, in the sports world. Is 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 I was looking at comments of people mad that they're trying to build a new stadium and who's going to pay for it? Is it going to be the taxpayer? Is it going to be the owner of the of the Titans? All of that stuff. I've always said as a person that's lived in Nashville twice. This is my second stint in Nashville. I've lived in Seattle. I've lived in Phoenix. I've lived in the DMV. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived all over the country. Nashville has an opportunity to be much bigger and on a much bigger stage than they have been in the past. You know, growing up in the North, we thought of Nashville as hee-haw. 
That's what we thought when I was a kid. I thought that everyone in Nashville sang country music. Nashville's not <laughs> yeah. like that at all anymore. Like it's a really cosmopolitan no. city with all of the bells and whistles. And I would love to see a venue. I'd love to see a Super Bowl here. I think that Nashville should be showcased. I'd love to see a Final Four here. I'd love to see a college national championship here. I know that's not what you came to talk about, but I just had to get no, my two no. cents well, in. The, the thing is, you know, there's so many complicated layers to uh, building a new stadium and and new arenas and things of that nature. So I, I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you, I think what's happened is a lot of these cities that have gotten these new stadiums and have sp had a lot of money spent. Like, where does the money come from? Mm. Who, what money are we using? Um, and then, you know, you drive around Nashville after the past three or four months, and you you say we, we need to fix our roads. Got to fix start. the roads, man. I mean, the roads are terrible. I almost lost, suddenly. lost my car and, downtown. And, yeah. and, and, and I, you know, I'm seeing cars right. breaking down every day and flat tires and things of that right. nature. But I think that the, stretch is 65 coming into downtown from north to here. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Hey, like don't you, even talk you, to people you, out west on 20, you, on 40. You, you really think, out, <laughs> and I'm driving a tank on wheels, like you really think, <laughs> you, drive a tank. you really think that you might lose your car. Like you think that the that the overpass is about to break apart and you fall in. The, so that's definitely a bigger priority to stadiums. All, all, I, I all the shops that. in Nashville that do car work are happy right oh, now. Oh, man, they're, they're, they're making eating. They're mint. They're eating. They're making a mint in the they're tire companies. They're eating for real. But what I was trying to get to really is the fact that if you think about the stadiums and the money, when they look back at what happened when the Titans first came here, there were a lot of deals that were made. Right. They were to the advantage of, right. of the organization yeah. and not the city. And I think- The city was desperate then. Right, the city was desperate The to city's get not them. desperate now. Now they're not. It's a different city. Now we have the money. Right. And so now the, the conversation's changed. And so I think something's gonna happen, but because of where the stadium currently is and, mm -hmm. where they, and what room they have, I think there's like 300 acres that they can use, land use, but 110 of those acres belong to the people of Nashville. Okay. So there's discussions going on right now about what to do and if they do build a space, yeah. who, where the money's gonna come from. But I think, I think the new conversations will have something going on, but I almost feel like they already have started deals that we don't even know about. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. So if you're just if you're just tuning in, I have Paul Walwin that is joining us. He's going to he's going to do several segments with us today. He's talking about his candidacy for judge here in, in Nashville. I know that we're a nationally syndicated show, but it's always good to, to bring the insight into what makes someone run for public office and, and, and the great things that they'll bring to the bench if elected. Wanted to, to ask you about your background. Sure. Before we get into to your campaign pitch and the things that you're going to do, tell us about your background. How did you get into law? How did you start with your own law firm, becoming an entrepreneur and, and a, a criminal defense attorney? Kind of walk us through your background. Sure. Um, basically, it started off um, as me wanting to go to med school, really. Okay. And uh, I was up at East Tennessee State University right. and was going to go to the med school up there and was, had all my pre-med stuff going. And I was going to, my dad was a physician. So... I'll just back up to how we came to Nashville in the first place. Um, we moved here in 1974 after we, my family got out of the military. My father was right. a retired lieutenant colonel. Right. Um, and we, the, our last base, we were in San Antonio, Texas, and then right. at Fort Hood, and then we came to uh, Fort Benning. And uh, after Georgia. Fort Benning, we stopped here in Nashville to right. visit some friends on the way back to Michigan. And my dad met some friends, and they said, hey, why don't you open up a practice here? So we oh, did. Nice. And, the rest, as they say, is history. What type of what type of uh, medicine is your father? He was an orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon. And so he worked at many of the hospitals here. Yeah. Uh, collaborated with some of the people at Vanderbilt and nice. things of that nature. But uh, 
and he it's a medical medical hub yeah and healthcare it, is my business yeah, they, it's a great place yeah, to, to have it, a healthcare consultancy like myself all, or, all these hospitals right. and stuff like that and hca was big here right and, uh so we grew up here my mom uh my parents my dad's from the island and a little island called nevis yep. my mom was from cuba they're both immigrants so i'm first generation american all right and so i i kind of have a different sight on some of the things was she was your mom english speaking she was English. Well, she became English speaking okay. very quickly in the fifties. Got it. She came right before Castro. So she came over. during the revolution. Right. All right. right before wow. it. Wow. And they got her, their family over and they started in New, in New York and moved down. My dad went to Howard University All for right. medical school in Washington. Shout out to Howard. We were on WOL ninety five point nine FM in DC. That, Every most of, I would say that I would say that a third of our listenership has some type of relationship with Howard. Yeah. So it's a Howard uh, and, and, great you know, community. And you know. You see, I have an HBCU shirt I, on. I do, so I do. Uh, and let me tell you, I some of some of the people that work with me and the partners, Fiskites and right. and, and people like that. And there's a there's a lot of I'm learning a lot. The solidarity. And I want to I want to get off of me for just one second. Sure. And I want to talk about something that's super important. Me going to UT and going to East Tennessee State University, you know, I you know I just think, hey, state school, state school, state right. school. The history that I'm learning of how. Tennessee State University has been robbed mm. of millions and millions. And we're talking, not talking about a few million, I'm talking probably over 100 to $200 million wow. at least that was funded that the other schools got over the past years. Right, because Tennessee State is a state school. So right, right. Tennessee HBCU, State, was, that a... money was granted for, to them and wow. they never got it. Wow. And to think where Tennessee State University would be, right. even though they've been successful, well, they, they could use they could use upgrades in their have, facilities. Though, they could obviously. have bought more right. land. They right. could have had more buildings. Right. It's a it's a travesty. And mm. the thing is, people need to look up what's going on with that. Harold Love Jr. is on the forefront of that, looking into that. Right. And he found some paperwork from his father. But anyways, that's a, that's a subject that people should definitely look into because right. it's unbelievable what they were taking. But but moving back to 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 me. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, growing up in Nashville, we had crosses burned in our yard when we first oh, moved wow. here in the 70s, wow. 74 and 75. Wow. We had, I, I remember answering the door several times. The mat would be on fire. Wow. You know, that, you know. Now, what part of Nashville was this? Well, that, we started off in Goodlettsville. All right. Goodlettsville so not too far from bit, here, yeah. The Goodlettsville and Madison areas where we, right. where we grew well, up. Well, then there, there you go. <laughs> well, there's still, just, there's still some people out in Madison with the with the cross burning mentality. You can't you can't right. do that anymore. But right, uh, and, and and you know, yeah. things things have changed quite a bit. And and I, luckily, we we survived all those things sure. and we kept moving on. But I, I know what it's like to to be discriminated against and and being a black person. Now, where did you where did you go to school? Did you go to public school? Did you go to private school? Where yeah, did I went you go to private to? school. Okay, and so and so that's another thing. You know, you go to private school. Um, I I didn't go to public schools but but I but after my experiences my kids all go to public schools now interesting and 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 we we support our public schools in Nashville and because so much has been drained out yeah. if you look at when all the most of the the private schools started off was right when desegregation yeah happened yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. these private schools Christian schools yeah came up yeah no uh, that's uh that's a that's a that's a great start Paul so so tell us you ultimately ended up, you were going to go into med school, but you ended up going into law. You said that you went to UT Law. What was that experience out in, in Knoxville at, at, at UT? This is a great school, phenomenal school. Well, I was one of the classes that when they started building the new law school, okay. we were displaced and we had to be around the campus. Okay. But 
I will say that it was a good experience and it changed my mindset. Law school will change someone's mind and how you look at things and how you see things and realizing that there's often times more views than your view. Interesting. So I think a legal training, people that have been legally trained, I think it changes them for a lifetime. UT at the time when I went there, I didn't realize some of the history there but uh, at the law school, but even though I'm, I'm proud of UT and proud of graduating from school there, mm -hmm. there were some difficulties uh, going through. Some of the students had other advantages that some didn't. Oh, man. Um, they, they had outlines and things, for example. Oh, yeah. So they had a leg up, so to speak. Oh, yeah. And so when they had a leg up, that means they got better grades. Right. And they get better grades, they get better internships. They right. get better internships, they get better jobs when they graduate. Right. You are listening to the Lions J Radio Network. <laughs> Yo, this is your boy Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to me weekdays now at 11 a.m. on WOL 95.9 FM in the DMV, Brought to you by our partners at Episource, the nation's leader in healthcare analytics and strategic support for Medicare risk adjustment programs. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton U. You went to Hampton? Yep. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just oh, partying. So you, so you enrolled at Hampton? James Lewis. You didn't I actually, enrolled at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so Man. I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. I don't know what's wrong with him. He ain't been acting like himself lately. I mean, it kind of hurt because we've been best friends since we was in the second grade. Did you know that? And I try to talk to him. He don't even hear me. Gone. I mean, I could look out for myself, but man, I don't know what he might do to steal. The way he been acting lately, you my man and everything, but uh, I do him in if I have to. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.